0: Father, thank you for the word tonight. We approach it with expectation that you would speak to our hearts and direct our lives. Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear. Thank you for working in our lives today to will and to do of your good pleasure. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, James chapter 4, here we go. Verse 8, James 4 verse 8 says, draw near to God and he... Will draw near to you. Say it with me. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Say it one more time. Get the rest of you involved. You were still looking around. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Why don't we say it this way? Say it after me. If I will draw near to God then He will draw near to me. me. you believe that so? Praise God. Like we've been saying, the New Living Translation says, Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Praise God. If you've ever wanted to be close to God... That's a good desire, but know that he wanted it first. <laughs> he beat you to the punch. <laughs> he wanted to be close to you, and this is his idea, and the good news is you can be close to God. You can be so close that, uh, that he is so real to you. He is real, but he's so real to you that uh, he's more real to you than natural things. I don't know if we realize that that's possible. But it's possible for the things of the Spirit to be more real to us than the physical world around us. And many times people have, uh, you know, I'll use this word, but complained about their lack of ability or an absence of hearing God's voice. One simple suggestion concerning hearing the voice of God would be this get closer. I mean if i can't if you're yelling at me from across the field and I can't hear you what what you know should I blame you or should I just start walking towards you? amen, and if I walk towards you, then you'll probably walk towards me. well, I know that'll happen with God. If I walk towards him, he'll walk towards me, and pretty soon there doesn't have to be a megaphone, doesn't have to be a loud, a loud voice. God can just speak in normal tones. He can whisper if you're close enough. He, you can you can whisper to someone and they hear you clear, and understand. And so that's what we're doing: drawing near to God. Amen. Go over to Revelation chapter three. Again, we're continuing our series tonight on on this subject: drawing near. If you're if you're with us. Tonight and, and you're new and you're not, you haven't been a part of this. I want you to know that uh, these things are all available to you on our website for free. you can listen to them online or you can download them you can uh, put them on your musical device, whatever that is, iPods and th- so forth, and get on the treadmill and, and uh, or go for a walk and uh, you know about 40 minutes later you'll be closer to God <laughs> So I went for a walk and got close to God. Really, where'd you go? I want to go there. <laughs> it was not about your lo- your physical location. It's about what happens in your heart while you listen to the words of God. Amen. Amen. God has given us a book. How many know that's a help to us? It's an assistance to us to start recognizing his voice. Because the more you hear his word, well, that's God speaking. It's the same spirit inside of you. And you start, re- oh, that's God. Oh, that's not my mind right there. That's just not my thoughts. Those are God's thoughts coming out of me. Amen. He's given us a number of tools to make this really normal and natural for us. And uh, and we're getting back to where we're supposed to be. Praise God. Revelation chapter 3. And uh, notice with me in verse 20. This is kind of a well-known verse of Scripture. But, but Jesus said here, notice the red letters. Jesus is speaking here to the uh, various people churches through the vision and revelation that John had. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and him with me. Now, now notice the language here of Jesus being on the outside and knocking with a desire to come on the inside and have communion, have fellowship with people. Now, I know this, that he's talking to a church here that was might be called lukewarm, <laughs> right? A church that apparently was not walking real close with God. That happens to be the same condition the book of James was written in to the church at Jerusalem. That's why he's telling them, draw near. Okay, does that mean that all Christians need to draw near? Well, not if you're far. You can live near, right? And Jesus is not necessarily on the outside knocking if he's already in. But what this shows us is the potential of the life of any believer. We're talking to saved people. In both of these situations, and there is the potential for a saved person who, in one sense, has Jesus living on the inside—that's a spiritual reality—but in a whole other practical sense, and an outworking of that, it's like he's on the outside. Okay, but what is the Lord seeking to do? He's knocking. He's desirous to get on the inside of these with of these people's church. I mean, quite a concept to think that the Lord's not in church. He wasn't in that one. I mean, He's knocking, saying, let me in. I want to get in there. Let that never be said about this place. We had church, but Jesus wasn't there. You know, God wasn't there. He was on the outside. He was trying to get in. And we're thinking about letting Him in, but not certain yet. But on an individual basis, could this be true at any point in our life that in a real practical sense that the Lord is endeavoring to come in? Absolutely. And who's it up to whether he's in or not? We've got to just open up. We've got to go to the door and say, let's do this, Lord. Come on in. I want a fellowship with you. He wants to be so close that you have a conversation. That you sit down and you... Eat together, you dine with him, you 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 fellowship with him. That's that's the Lord's desire. It's His plan for our lives. And so again, I find this very interesting that, uh, that that we're told to knock, aren't we? I mean, Jesus said, "Ask and it shall be given." You know, seek and you'll find. Knock, and it shall be open to who? To you, to us. If we knock, apparently in Uh, On the door of God or knock in that way. He says it's going to be open to you. But that's not a one-way thing going on there. He is also knocking. Amen. Just like we we said to you before uh, last week as we studied John chapter 4. God is diligently seeking such to worship Him. He is seeking people to be in an intimate relationship. And yet we're told to seek Him and we will find So we're seeking, and he's seeking. We're knocking, and he's he's knocking. It would almost seem like this should be really easy. I mean, we got two parties in agreement. This is not like a, a, well, let me say it this way. We're supposed to be. He doesn't force us to seek, doesn't force us to knock, doesn't force us to open the door. Okay? But it's like in in a marriage relationship, how many know if if, if there's a division or if there is, uh, you know, space between a husband and wife, if... If one of them will knock, (laughs) seek, that's helpful. But the best scenario is if you've got two people seeking and seeking fellowship, seeking intimacy, seeking closeness. And if you've got two people who want it, two people who are willing to do whatever it takes, how many know you can have heaven on earth in in a marriage relationship? Why? Well, because you've got the only two people involved. Both willing and wanting, yes. they, they they both want this. How about us with the Lord? See, there's no person in here that has sought the Lord. And the Lord said, "I don't really want you in my in my house. I'm not really interested in showing myself to you. I'm not really interested in speaking to you." The Lord the Lord doesn't speak that way. That's not His heart. He would never say, "I don't really want to have." fellowship I don't really want to show myself strong in your life I don't really want to give you everything I've got he would never say that that's not the way he is and if any of us have ever thought that we were wrong and our belief that God might be that way is a real big hindrance all right because that's a closing of the door if I'm saying you're not this way I mean he gave his only son I mean, Jesus went to the cross, would, it, would anything else have to be done to show us that, he's, that He loves us? And didn't that very same, didn't the Scriptures tell us, wasn't that, wasn't that Romans 8, that shall not God who's given up His only Son also uh, with Him also freely give us all things? Yeah. And so, and so the measurement is this, if He'll give you Jesus, He'll give you anything. And so let's recognize, let's acknowledge God's willingness, His desire toward us to fellowship, to be close, to talk to us. But let's remember these things as well. If, if we are seeking God, and I'm playing off of things we've already said in the past weeks. But if we are seeking God to hear His voice just with our natural ear, if we're just trying to have a relationship with Him in the mind, you, we can go years and years and years and be really, really frustrated. You can be really frustrated seeking God with your own with your own body, seeking a physical seeking a mental relationship. God is not a mind; he has a mind, but God is spirit yes. all right God is a God is a spirit, and that 's why we are adjusting and we are becoming more aware and more um, knowledgeable of spiritual things allowing us to access what has already always been there, what has always been available but now we 're coming his way and that's 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 really important you know uh there's a scripture you don't need to turn here but um uh deuteronomy chapter 12 you'll notice this up on the screen but but the lord was talking to them in their day to the to israel and basically talking to them about some of the other nations and how they worshiped and how they served him and he was telling them don't do it like that. And they had some really ungodly things going on. He said in, in Deuteronomy twelve thirty, he it says, And that you do not inquire after their gods, saying, How did these nations serve their gods? He said, Don't ask them that. Don't ask them how they serve their gods. He said, I also, and Scripture says, I also will do likewise. In other words, don't. he said, Don't do that. Don't say... They serve their gods like this. I'm going to do it like that too. 31. You shall not worship the Lord your God in that way. That's interesting to me that even back then, that was a different time than now. But even back then, the Lord identified, you are not going to worship me this way. You do not look at this the way these other nations are doing it and copy them. Even though they're serving their fake demon gods, you do not approach me with their methods. Does God have, have a preferred way that we approach Him? Absolutely. Now we have a new and living way. Now we approach by Jesus and we worship in spirit and truth. That is the way that we serve and communicate and walk with God. And the Lord would, would say the same thing t- today. That's what the New Testament does say. You don't come to Him now like they came to Him then. We don't do it the old way. We do it the new way. Well, what if I want to? Again, we just don't get through. We're just not successful in our connection and contact with God. And again, that can be really, really frustrating over time. Man, I've been trying to get God to talk to me for years. Been trying to get God to do this or do that and, and, and nothing. Well, I mean, could the real truth about it be that God has been speaking the whole time? That He has been, he has been revealing Himself to us the whole time, but we've been looking in the wrong place? Entirely possible. Could it be that we've actually endeavored to worship and serve Him and walk with Him, but we did it the wrong way because we weren't doing it in spirit? We were just doing it in body? You remember the scripture we stu- studied last week, John 24. John four twenty-four says, God is spirit and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. And so we want to live with a spirit consciousness consciousness of spiritual things can you be you can be okay if you are spirit and you are you can't stop being that that's why we don't that's why people don't die and just be gone it's because spirits don't cease to exist your body might turn to ashes after it's been in the ground for a while but not you you are a spirit being and this is the reality of what God wants us to understand in this life so we can start operating on a higher level, a higher plane. We need to have a spirit consciousness. If What do I mean by that? That might sound even like strange language to some. And I realize many of these things that we've been discussing are totally foreign to many people in our world. And, uh, you know, some even mention hearing from God and God speaking to you. They'll be like... Woo. <laughs> what God talks to you, <laughs> you know, and almost some would almost some would even mock that kind of language. And they would they would look at someone like myself and think, uh, you know, that I'm just delusional or something. Well, either I am or they are. Hmm? I mean, logically, one or the other, either God is real and he does communicate and, and speak to us and show us things or he doesn't. And I've got a Bible full of, of, of people that heard from God and changed the world. I'm going to have to go with God's talks. And God reveals himself and, his, and he speaks. So when we use the language like spirit consciousness or just what we're saying is being aware, being conscious of spiritual things, if you need to, ex- exercise yourself towards this by saying, by, when I say saying, saying is a part of meditation. Remind yourself, I am a spirit. I have a soul and I live in a body. God's a spirit and I'm a spirit. We relate together. We operate on the same in the same realm. I am a spirit being. I'm not a body. Talk to your body like it's separate. Even though you can't necessarily get out of it. <laughs> but treat it as something that is not you. But treat it as something that you're in. Like a house, don't call your house you. Call your house your house. Your, your your body is just a house that you live in. You have a mind that you know that you that has your emotions and so forth. So you, you are a spirit. You live in a body. The body's temporary, but treat it as different. Your body will listen to you when it, when you recognize that you are the boss. But with many people, their body is the boss. That could be an uncomfortable message, huh? <laughs> but if we don't, how I mean, know we don't take, take control of it. Our bodies will boss us around. Man, people feel bad one day and so everyone knows it. You know, you know they just live out of the feelings of their flesh. And if their body's sick, it's like, what can you do? You can be in charge of it. God designed us this way that we would be in control of our bodies. Paul spoke of his own physical body as something that he had to discipline. Remember in 1 Corinthians 9, he said, I discipline or, or put my body under. He spoke of his body as if it were just something that he had. You can do that. Speak of your body as something that you have. Who has? You. You, the part the part of you, the real you, that communicates normally and naturally with the Father, the Father of Spirits. He's called the Father of Spirits. Why? Who's the Spirit? You. He created us. And so I'm just here in this body. But as a spirit being in communion and fellowship with God, I dominate my body. What do do you mean you do? I'm saying, say that. (laughs) I'm saying I've got my own body to deal with and I'm not going to bother dealing with yours. And you know what? It can be a challenge. So uh, I say that concerning me. And you can get your body to listen to you. To listen to your words. It'll respond to worry. It'll respond to fear. And it'll start giving you trouble. It'll also respond to faith. It'll respond to joy. It'll respond to happiness. Like I mean, the Bible says a merry heart works, works like a medicine. Yeah. When you're happy, I'm on the inside. It starts affecting your body in a positive way. Amen. I think, Let I'm going to give you my opinion now. Try to keep the things straight. I think too many people too, but put too much emphasis on your body being in just a reaction to everything you eat. The yep. Bible warned us in the last days people would be on your case about what you ate. Oh, yeah. Didn't it? It was yeah. prophesied a long time ago. And I'm not saying discount that, you know, and, and saying that has nothing to do with that. But I read the Scripture. It has a lot more to do with what you believe has a lot more to do with your faith and the peace and the joy of the Lord in your life and not worrying. Amen. I've read statistics. I've read them in services before. of Things, uh, different studies that say, and I I don't have them off the top of my head. I could look them up again. Uh, But certain hospitals have done studies and they'll put it at like 90% something. It's way high that of the of the conditions that people have and the reason they are there has to do with stress, has to do with worry and fear. And it's amazing that they'll put it so high that that's why people have so many problems. I didn't even plan on saying any of this, by the way. But <laughs> uh, but, but seriously, we need to recognize the spiritual things that uh, we can take advantage of that override physical things. I'm not telling you to just, you know neglect yourself in any physical way i'm pointing the 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 finger at what's what's most important you are a spirit being and your body will respond to your spirit amen Amen. i'll just say it so throw this as a side thought i know i know a guy don't know him real well but i know know a guy some couple of you know who i'm talking about Uh, but he has gone into be spend time with the Lord, and fellowship with the Lord, and would, and would quote, come back hours and hours later, not being aware of physical time having passed. And uh, in fact, he told me one time it was ninety hours. That he told me that the longest time, and it passed by just like that. He was in the presence of God, and uh, but having done this, I know this is kind of out there. So I'm you know you you could just take it for what 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 you think but he come back and having not slept, having not eaten anything and be in top physical condition, not tired, not hungry and just really it's very much like what Moses experienced when he went to the mountain remember when he got the 10 commandments, The Bible says he was there for 40 days and 40 nights and and he wasn't eating And I know it's possible for someone to fast that long, but that was different. He was in the presence of God. It's not like, hmm, I'm hungry, I really got to go. No. (laughs) In those situations, God's grace is just sustaining you and making you strong. And and we got to know that spiritual things are more powerful than physical. They can override every natural trouble and thing that you face. But, you know, we've got to be spiritually minded. We've got to be spiritually conscious. If I'm going to have a prayer life where I'm communing fellowship and fellowshiping with God and all I'm aware of is physical things, then I'm going to miss it. God is a spirit. We're told that in so many places that this is how you relate to him. This is how you fellowship. This is how you worship. This is how you overcome stuff. L- listen, this is why uh, we have come away so far from, I believe, what God's ideal is. I mean, even when we deal with attacks of physical, you know, sickness and things like that in our bodies, uh, so many of us, we call things faith and prayer and we're believing and it's so far from faith, it's not even funny. And I don't say this, I mean, I, I say this to myself as much as I I, I say it to you, but you, you know, so many times when people, they say, well, we're praying for such and such. Well, we're, we're praying for this. They don't. That means absolutely zero. It just means they're just wishing that it's going to be true. They won't say, oh, I've taken God at His word and it's done. And I'm just thanking Him for it because it is. Well, we're praying for it. We're praying about it. And you can hear it in the language that they don't believe that it's done. They don't believe that it's an absolute fact. That God will 100% do what He promised every single time in their life. But we're praying about it. I don't mean that language is always wrong. If you're seeking an answer, you can be praying about something until He talks to you. But uh, but in some situations, it's just not the case. I mean, I, I could get real uh, direct here, and, and and I'll just tell you what I'm what I'm thinking and what, what what I want to say. Uh, I'm just you know prefacing this so nobody runs away. <laughs> uh, but many times, you know. Uh, I've had over the years and I'm not thinking of anyone never, no one that you know uh, but over the years people come to me I'm going into the I'm going into the hospital I'm going to have this surgery and uh, we're going to fix this okay great uh, what can we pray with you about what what can we believe believe with you that that's go- going to happen and and people have responded at saying I'm believing for a total healing a total miracle Well which one? Are you gonna have surgery or you believe for a total healing and a miracle? You can't say both. I know that sounds kind of strong, but you either believe God answers you one hundred percent, or don't say you're believing God for a miracle. Because you're not. You're you've got plan B scheduled for two o'clock. Now you might think that sounds harsh. I don't mean someone should be condemned if they're going to have a surgery. Or get, I mean, let's live long and prosper, and uh, right, Tony, that was for you. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Let's have victory, but let's not act like one and the other coexist. Now I'd be perfectly fine if so. See, so what would be an appropriate response? Well. I think if someone is planning to have uh, surgery or get medical attention, something like that, say this is what I'm going to do, I want to believe, pray with me, believe that I'm going to recover supernaturally fast. I'm going to have a quick recovery. It's going to be a successful surgery. I can be in faith with someone about that. But when someone says, I, I believe, I- I'm praying that it's a total healing, total miracle, and there's no problem, and there's no tumor, and there's no this and this and that, Okay, good. Then cancel your appointment. That's either what God said or he didn't. Let's not act like it's, "Mm, maybe. We're just hoping that, well, it's not going to work then. People don't usually want to hear that, but it's not going to work. Oh, just pray for me. Why would I pray a a losing prayer? I mean, why would you ever want to pray and not get an answer? Doesn't that just hinder the next prayer? (laughs) Yep. And you set up a pattern like that, nothing, 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 nothing. It's, it's gambling. You know, it's lottery. It's just like one of these times we're going to get a winner. That sounds a little bit disconnected from Scripture. Sounds a little bit disconnected from what Jesus said, ask and you'll receive. It just sounds far away from the absolute dogmatic nature of God when he said, if you'll do this, I'll do this. If you'll ask me for this, uh, it'll be done for you. Amen. Amen. See, what are you saying I should do? I'm not telling you to do what to do in any situation like this. But I'm telling you, if we're going to say we're going to go with God and His Word, then we do. Then just do it. No, no, no escape. No back door, no but if, no it might, huh? It just, if if, if we're going with the word of God, then we just go with the word, period. Well, no, keep your appointment. But no, 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 no. I'll drop you off at the hospital and I'll believe God with you for a quick recovery. You know what I'm saying though? Let's be honest with ourselves. Don't be condemned either way. But let's take God at his word. Praise God. That was all extra stuff too. (laughs) Hallelujah. Jesus said uh, a lot of good stuff. I think it was, uh, I think it was, uh, there was a man, I think it was Smith Wigglesworth who used to say it, I hope I get the quote right, but he said, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. Think about that. Is it possible that you're bigger on the inside than on the outside? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's that an awareness of? Why, Why would someone make a statement like that? They're spirit conscious. They're aware of the development of their spiritual man and, uh, and, and God inside. They're God inside minded and they're aware of what they believe more than what they see and feel. Wouldn't that be great if we could all say that with confidence? Yeah. Oh yeah, you got man, you think you think I look good on the outside. Wait till you see my <laughs> Wait till you see me on the inside. You know, uh, Pastor PJ. He's a pretty big guy on the outside, and uh, he's bigger on the inside. Amen. Yeah, yeah. We got some big folks in here. <laughs> Maybe that ought to be our reputation. Man, those people at Life Church—they are—they got some big people over there. <laughs> See, what happens is immediately we think naturally. You know, well, let's think. Let's be spiritually minded. Who said we're talking about your body? Right. No matter what size your body is, be big on the inside. Amen. Come on now, to where you stick out. I mean, you stick way out to where if someone gets close to you, sometimes they bump into you, and they, in a, in a good way. Remember Peter? Peter one time he was his his shadow was getting people healed. His shadow, now, he must have been really sticking out that day. You know, on the sides and stuff. <laughs> Spirit making a difference. Spiritual things are real. They just are. How conscious of it of these things are we? Or are we just conscious of our bodies? Amen. Jesus said, we won't turn here, but John 3, 13. No one has ascended to heaven but he who came down from heaven. That is the Son of Man who's in heaven. That's always an interesting statement to me, how Jesus said, I'm in heaven. He's talking to them. No one came down from heaven except the Son of Man who's, well, in heaven. He had an awareness of heaven, of being in heaven while on the earth. I think that's a picture of the awareness of of spiritual realities while he was in the physical body. He was living out of heaven, out of heaven's resources, out of heaven's strength. He was living in constant connection and communion with the Father, even while he was naturally in the physical body relating to, uh, to physical man. You and I can have that relationship. I say it sometimes, Father. Thank you that you're here with me, and I'm there with you. We are together. I'm with you, and you're with me. You're here and with me. I'm there with you. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. It's not that there's scriptures that don't say that kind of stuff. Well, that's just positionally. Ah, that's semantics. I'm with the Lord. Yes. Amen. Amen. Seated with Him, absolutely. absolutely. The work is done. Resting with Him. Praise God. And so, here's the thing. You must give time and attention to whatever you want to become adept at. All these things we're talking about. You can't ignore spiritual things and be skillful in spiritual things. You cannot occasionally get spiritual and live a spiritual life. It can't be, I'm going to get spiritual now for a while and then I'll go back to my carnal life and be adept at these things. Does that make sense? It it kind of works um, almost like anything in life, anything natural. If we talk about developing our mind, how many know our minds, our brains, our mind have the potential to learn a lot of stuff, and it can be developed, but how many know you can't just plug in and download? You got to stretch it and work it and study and fo- force yourself to memorize things but you can develop in, in mental things we all know you can develop in physical things but it's called working out it's called running it's called biking and it's called lifting heavy things and uh, how many know that we all have the potential to expand our muscles larger than they are yeah but you can't do it Unless you spend time doing that. Any sport, any activity, everyone can become better than they are. Even the best in our world, the professional athletes, you know, you say, well, they have some natural talent. No doubt. But they've all developed it to get it to that point. They've all spent many, many hours shooting, you know, shooting free throws. (laughs) Many, many hours. You know, many, many hours. And some of them, they're in the pros and, you know, still, they miss some. You know, miss a good bit of them, <laughs> uh, but you—if you're going to give—if you're going to be developed at anything in life, you have to give time and attention to it. Amen. And so, let's. Here's what, what I'm talking about. We're moving beyond just acknowledgement. We've been talking about that a lot. Let's acknowledge God. Let's acknowledge His presence in us. Let's acknowledge that we are spirit beings that connect to God naturally. That's important. Continue to do that. But and. What goes along with that is giving time and attention to spiritual things on a constant and ongoing basis. Not just living a natural life, but continually giving time and attention to spiritual things. Praying in the Spirit, worshiping God, putting your mind on Him, talking to Him while you're you're going through your day, just internally. Being in fellowship with God. And more than that, every time He says something, you take it and you use it and you act on it. Then it becomes yours. Then it becomes real to you. It stops being theoretical. It stops, it stops being like a story I heard someone else do. But this is when our relationship with God develops. We have, a, we have added and continual experiences with Him that make this baby ours. That makes this thing a part of our lives and now it becomes normal to us. And it's not just something we know about. Praise God. And so again, you cannot neglect your spirit and expect good results. All relationships need not only acknowledgement, but also attention. Praise God. So think about it. Do something with your spirit. Use spiritual power. Use your spiritual eyes. Use your spiritual ears. Use faith that is in your spirit. Use all. It's through the activity of sp- a spiritual activity that we gain ground. And that we relate to God and draw near. My spirit now sees. My spirit worships. My spirit participates in the kingdom of God. My spirit calls out to God. My spirit fellowships with Him. An intimate relationship with God cannot be transferred from one to another. It is only through the accumulation of experience that you will get to know Him. Yeah. And now go with me to 1 Corinthians. Can you handle a little bit more? 1 Corinthians chapter 2 First Corinthians chapter 2 let's start in in 13 no let's go back let's go back to 9 it says but as it is written i has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which god has prepared for those who love him now unfortunately many times people stop right there And and they read that verse and say, oh, yeah, so you can never understand God. You can never understand His ways. God's just mysterious, and you can never wrap your mind around it because He just hasn't shown anybody. But the next verse, thank God for the next verse. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. God has revealed them to us. Through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Are there things in God that are not shallow? <laughs> Apparently so. There are deep things of God. Deep. Deep. Has anybody ever been scuba diving? Yeah, scuba divers in the house. All right. All right. I'm a fellow scuba diver. One time. Yeah. Uh, but how many know when you get ready to go scuba diving, they they uh, they ask you how much you weigh. At least for me, I was the new guy. How much do you weigh? Everyone else probably knew how much they needed. Then they give you an appropriate amount of weights, and you put weights inside of your gear. Why? Because it's not that easy to go down. <laughs> <laughs> because we naturally float, we we stay up there top and and. Uh, and when you're scuba diving, you want to go deep. You want to go down because that's where all the good stuff is. And, uh, and, and so you've you got to go. So in other words, it takes effort to go deep. If you don't have anything, if you're not doing anything to get into the deeper things of God, you'll probably stay shallow. You'll probably just stay surfacey. And uh, let, let's go down. What do you say? Let's go into the deeper things of God. Okay, he went on to say here, For what man knows the things of a man except for the spirit of man which is in him? Even so no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. No one knows the things of God except who? The spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from God that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. So it's the will of God that we would know deep things. It's the plan of God that we would know deep things things that have been given to us by him how are they how do we arrive at this understanding and knowledge the bible says by the spirit notice we're always going back to spiritual things being the source of understanding of our relationship with god we have to be spirit spirit minded Verse 13, these things we speak, we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. See, is it possible to have a whole lot of natural discussion, even in church, to talk about natural things, and it be enjoyable, it be fun, uplifting, but not be on a spiritual level? There are spiritual things that take spiritual words to, to communicate. There are words, there are things that God is saying that we must pick up on. Yeah. And as we communicate that, it relates to us on a spiritual level and allows us to operate in spiritual things. Yeah. Say, well, that just doesn't make any sense at all. Not to the mind. But your spirit is going, oh, yeah, I understand that. That's who I am. That's where God communicates to us uh, in the spirit. Look, but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of God. Who do you mean the natural man? Well, first of all, I think that's people who are not saved, people who are unregenerate. They do not receive the things of the spirit. But any of us can still walk, any saved person can walk in the natural. They can live a real natural life. And if they do, what happens? They don't receive the things of the Spirit of God. Not that God hasn't given them. Though the other verse already said, He wants us to know what has been given. What has been freely given. But if we approach naturally, we can't understand it, we can't hear it, we can't receive it, we can't wrap our minds around this stuff. It is on a spiritual level that many people just aren't going. They got their gear on, they're up at the top looking down, saying, yeah But they're on the surface, they're seeing some things, they're in the they're in the water, you know, they're in the kingdom, but they're just up there on the top. There's some things you can get, but you gotta go down. You gotta go deeper into them. But the natural man doesn't get him. That's what we've been saying for a while, haven't we? God doesn't have a relationship with your body. He's not just talking to your mind. Now, our minds are to be changed because of what God says. But that's not where he speaks. For It says, for they are foolishness to him. To who? To the natural man. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. They are spiritually discerned discerned. And so I really believe that the greatest need that we have, that Christians have today, is not to have just more education. That's the way the world thinks. We need more education. Everyone, Everyone's got to have a better education. What we need, you know what it is? It's revelation. Yes. What we need is revelation knowledge from the Holy Spirit. Understand how revelation works. It doesn't come as the pure result of study. Revelation has to do with a picture, a curtain, a veil that is before you and there's something on the other side of it. There's no amount of focusing and looking at it and trying that will get it. You can look as long as you want. You can desire to know as long as you want. What has to happen is the veil has to be pulled back. That's called revelation. Now now you don't see it. Now you do see it. Okay? And that's what the Spirit of God does for us and in us. He is the, the revealer of truth. It's possible for me even tonight to communicate something that is for some, whoop, and for others, they're still looking at the veil. It's part of the reason why we stay on a certain subject frequently week after week. Why we'll, it, It's because what you put your mind on over a period of time, you open your spirit up to. So I'm not saying our mind is unimportant. And our bodies, obviously, you have to be here. <laughs> our, those things are important. We have to do right. But when we put our mind on something and trust the Lord, we put our mind on something again and again and again, and not just once a week, but on an ongoing basis. We are now giving place to spiritual activity in our lives, and we're opening our opening our spirit to revelation. And when God pulls back the veil, as you seek Him, you'll find... He pulls back the veil. It's not a struggle. When the light turns on, faith is there. And when you see it, you have it. What do you mean you see it? You see it? It's like, oh, nice. God, there you are. Yeah, I've been here the whole time. These things are spiritually discerned. He is revealing things to us on a spiritual level. And it is revelation that changes our lives. And maybe I'll say more about that later. But when you, there's something really, really powerful about having a word from God. When I, when I say that, a word that you know. It would be better to have one verse revealed than to have a thousand verses logged up in your brain. Where you might be able to quote them and tell you where they're at, and and there's nothing wrong with memorizing and having things logged in your brain. Logged in your brain, but when one verse becomes real to you, when you see it, ha, huh, that's when God's at work in your life. Yes. That's when you're you're fellowshipping with Him, because you worship according to Spirit and truth. truth. What do you mean truth? Reality. Yeah. What do you mean truth? You know it. It's not truth that's just there. It's truth that you know that makes you free. The truth sets you free only when you know it. That's right. And when the veil is pulled back and you see the reality of God and what He wants to do and what He has done and what He's made available and you walk on through and that's there's no more striving there. There's no more, well, should I have the surgery? Well, should I do this? Should I... Go here. Should I? the questions are gone now? That's where we want to live. So we'll say, well, what if I don't know the answer? Well, then that I understand that we all don't know. None of us know everything. None of us have been given all the answers, or we see everything. All right. But what we want is to live so tight with Him and in fellowship and relationship with God that ongoing throughout our lives. We're continually getting glimpses into the mind and heart and plan of God. And whenever you, what if you only had, and I'm not, don't put this as a limit by any means, but what if that only happened a couple times a year? I'm not saying it can't happen all the time, but what if it only happened a couple times a year? You saw something very, very clear. You had an understanding, a a revelation from God. Wouldn't that set your life up? And you only acted upon things that were known and clearly revealed to you by God. I tell you what, the revelation of one promise, and you'll never have an issue with that thing again for the rest of your life. The revelation of one thing that God wants you to do. Now no one can talk you out of it. Now no matter what the opposition or struggle. <laughs> doesn't matter. I saw this. God showed me this. I'm just doing it, and and I'm not even praying about whether it's going to work. I don't need to, I don't need everyone to pray for me that it'll work out. Right. This is this is what I saw. Yes. This is what the Lord showed me. Trust me, it's going to work. Yes. We're good to go. Amen. Come on now, there is so much value in knowing something from God and having it be real in you. Then we stop playing the playing the games, and I'm trying to believe, and I'm you know. No, There is no trying to believe. When the light's on, you're there. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. Well, the Lord is good. We put our mind on things. We're talking about drawing close, drawing near to the Lord. And I pray that you're thinking about these things every single day. You must give attention to something you want to be skilled at. You exercise yourself towards godliness, towards spiritual things. And then it becomes a natural way of life. Instead of a struggle, I'm trying to get there. I'm trying to be spiritual. I'm trying to be a good Christian. No, I'm just, I'm just with the Lord. I'm in His presence. I know Him and He knows me. He knows my voice. I know His voice. And we're exercising ourselves towards these things. Praise God. Praise God. We take Him at His Word. Amen. We take Him at His Word and just act like it's true with no backup plan. What are you going to do if it doesn't work? What do you mean doesn't work? When did God stop working? Did God break? And how many know His Word and Him, same. There's no, there's no separation between what God says and who God is. If He said it done put it in the bank amen father tonight we're so thankful for you for your goodness and your mercy toward us your kindness and your faithfulness and your presence your ever indwelling presence in our lives thank you lord that your spirit reveals to us that's your promise there that's what you said he has done and he is doing he is reve- he is the revealer of truth Holy Spirit, we thank you. Show us Jesus. May we see him clear without hindrance. As we draw near, I thank you that you draw near. You draw close to us, and here we are in your presence. We love you. Your goodness overwhelms us, your grace is sufficient for us. There is no physical reality, no physical struggle. That is more powerful than your amazing love and grace. Thank you for working in our hearts today. Oh, thank you for drawing us near to you. We respond to that. Thank you for working in our lives. You're doing, you're doing something really good here. Father, we're not going back. We're only going forward. Never going back. It's just, it's just going to get better and better. We want to go higher. We want to go deeper. We want to go farther into your presence, Lord. We thank you for all the lives that will be touched and changed. Because the more we're with you, the more we are moved to help others. And your heart becomes our heart. Thank you for working in us tonight, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen.